For as long as he can remember, Blake Healy has been able to see in the spirit, such as the presence of angels in actual worship services, glorious lights and colors swirling about him, as well as the presence of evil forces. He talks about his story in his book called The Veil. He's here today to tell a story here on Babby's House. Stick around, Babby's House is coming your way right now. Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome to Babby's house, where everybody is a member of the family, and that certainly includes you. My name is Babby Mason, and welcome to the show. I am honored to have as my guest today, Blake Healy. He is the author of a book called The Veil. And in his book, he talks about, for as long as he can remember, he has been able to see in the spirit. He has the gift, he calls it a gift, of being able to see in the spirit, of being able to see angels and actual worship services, glorious lights, colors, and the, the presence of God and even the presence of evil forces. He talks about all of that in his book called The Veil and today he's here to tell his story on Babby's house. You'll meet him in just a moment. And right now I want to lift up the name of Jesus and I want to sing this song to encourage you to be anxious for nothing but in all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your heart let your request be made known unto God and he'll give you the peace that passes all understanding. was paralyzed by fear when they heard a mighty multitude was quickly drawing near but as they prayed for deliverance the victory would begin for when we call upon the Lord we summon all of heaven pray face the lions for worshiping the Lord. It seemed there was no hope at all for what would be in store. For when we stand on holy ground, our smallest prayer is heard. Instead of on our circumstance, our
circumstances bind you and your prayers may seem in vain they don't seem to make a difference they don't seem to make a change just rest assured God knows your needs and he hears each time you pray your prayers are reaching heaven and the answers are Welcome back to the show. I'd like to introduce you to Blake Healy. He is the author of The Veil. And in his book, he recalls as far back as he can remember, uh, being able to see in the spirit, being able to see the presence of angels, being able to see angels in worship services, being able to see in the spirit and seeing evil and even demonic forces. And he writes about all of this in his book and he's here today to tell his story on Babby's House. Will you help me to welcome to Babby's House, Blake Healy. Blake, I'm happy to have you on the show today, my friend. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Amen. This is this is a very intriguing subject because I, I um, you know, being a preacher's daughter and always being in church and uh, always being a, uh, a student of the Bible and understanding that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, mm -hmm. but so. we do wrestle against evil forces. And, but we do know that we have all of heaven on our side and there's nothing to fear. Absolutely. So I, I want you to talk about uh, the first time, you know, how far back can you remember, even as a child? Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, my my actual first memory is seeing angels. I was um, I was two years old. I was in the back seat of our minivan. My mom was at the drive-through window at the bank, and she was just chatting with the teller. And there was some uh, worship music playing on on the radio. And I remember I was listening to my mom talk, and I just looked up and I saw about a about a half dozen of these just uh, baseball-sized lights just kind of drifting back and forth in rhythm with the music. And so that was, that was my first memory. My second memory is actually seeing a demon. Um, I, was, I was in the room that was right below our, our kitchen and my, my parents were in the kitchen. I was, I was three years old at this point. And I remember I could hear my parents, uh, like I said, the kitchen was right above and I could hear my parents speaking up in the kitchen, but because of the ceiling, I couldn't, couldn't really hear exactly what they were saying. But by, by the tone, I, I could tell that they were in an argument. And so I was, I was looking up, trying to, um, just trying to hear what they were saying. And I remember seeing this, um, this face kind of morph out of the ceiling and it was, it was, it was long and it was pale and it had these, these kind of sharp pointed teeth. Hmm. And as I, as I looked up, it kind of pulled away and drifted towards me, uh, which I didn't appreciate very much. So I did the, uh, the most advanced, uh, spiritual warfare tactic I had at the time, which was to run into my parents' room and pull the covers over my head. And that must have worked because I, I peeked out and it was gone. And so it's, it's something that I have, have experienced from, from as, really as far back as I can remember. Why do you think the, the Lord 
you know, is, has given you this ability? You know, I, I have a couple answers to that question. I, um, I didn't learn that what I was experiencing was the result of a gift until I was 12 years old. Up until that point, I, I was born into a Christian home, but we weren't really going to churches that believed that the, the gifts of the Spirit were meant for today. So I didn't really have a context for the things that I was seeing. Um, when I was 12, we started going to a church that was really active about equipping people to hear God's voice and to, to walk in, in a real living relationship with Him. And that was the first time I ever heard anything that created a context for the things that I was seeing. And it, it was the most interesting experience that as soon as I realized that what I was experiencing was, was something that God had given me, was, was something that was a gift, I was immediately convinced that it was meant to be available for, for every Christian. And you know, at the time, I couldn't have given you a good reason why, but I was just immediately convinced. And so I know that part of it, and I, and I believe this is true of all spiritual gifts, I do believe that God does just kind of divinely anoint certain people with, with an accelerated or a, or a, a deeper gift than they've, than they've earned or have, have been able to develop up until that point. But I don't believe that he does that just to, um, you know, just to, just to make that person be an awesome person. I think that he does it so that there are examples of what's available in his kingdom. And so that's, that's one side of it, is I believe that God, um, God wants me to be a picture of something that's available to other people. And also, one of the biggest things, and I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about this more, is I've been so impressed at how everything that's going on in the Spirit points back to his glory, point, points back to his goodness, points back to how present, alive, and in love he is with every single one of us. And having more opportunities to see that is something that I is, is really convinces me that it's meant to be available for everyone because God has so much to say through it. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that, uh, the, the relevance mm -hmm. of how this, um, you know, it has impacted your life um, on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, does this happen all the time? Does it just come and go? Or, you know, how does it impact your daily life? What are you uh, able to glean from these experiences? Yeah, you know, I, it, it's something that is, is always there. I don't necessarily, I'm not always necessarily concentrating on it. The best, the best kind of metaphor I've had to, to describe it is, it's kind of like when you're driving a car, you know, you can look through the windshield and see the, the road and the other cars and signs and things like that. Or you can focus on the windshield itself and you can see maybe some, some water spots mm -hmm. or maybe a little, little particles of dust or things, things that are, are there, but you don't necessarily see them unless you focus on them. So it's sort of like that where I can, I can focus on it or not focus on it. But I, I oftentimes, even when I'm just you know, sitting around, we'll, we'll look and just see what's going on. You know, just as a very practical example, just a few moments ago, you were, you were singing a song and you know, I was over on the side listening and I, um, and I just saw um, just the presence of the Lord entering the room as you were, as you were singing. And it just kind of came in like this cloud. And it was just kind of moving in a flow around you. And it went up. And as it went up, I saw um, angels coming in kind of one, one and two at a time. And they were uh, scooping it up in these, in these bags. And then just flying off in different directions. And mm. they looked like they had somewhere to go. And they were all kind of going in a different direction. And so I was just asking the Holy Spirit what that was about. And I just heard him say that he's just, um, he's just releasing hope and releasing empowerment to people who are, who are listening and, and watching this right now. And so it's something that, uh, again, for me, I'm, I'm so, even though I've been seeing this for, for my whole life, I'm, I'm so surprised consistently at how much heaven is participating with what God's children are doing. Praise God. Yeah. So um, 
you believe that this is a gift, that obviously this is a gift, mm -hmm. do you believe that this is a gift that everyone has access to, or do you believe that this is a, something special that the Lord wants you to have? You know, I, I really come from a belief that every, every spiritual gift is meant to be available to every Christian. And just like some of us are going to be maybe a little bit more naturally uh, talented in athletics or naturally talented in the arts or, or in, in writing or singing or, or different things, to me, the, the idea that someone couldn't, couldn't hear God's voice or couldn't see in the Spirit is just as ridiculous as saying that someone, you know, it's literally impossible for someone to, to you know, be able to throw a ball or to be able to participate. Are they going to be the, the, the best or is that going to be their, their main focus? You know, maybe not, but it's, it's available to everyone. And I think that when we, when we experience more of the gifts that God has made available, we, we get a more, a broader picture of who he is. Yes. So when you get that, as a result of that, Mm -hmm. How has this impacted your relationship with the Lord or your walk with him or the way you see him or the way you appreciate his presence? Oh, it's it's been a very, very big part of it. And I've you know, I was also a pastor's pastor's kid and a missionary kid growing up. So I grew up in the church. And so I've always I've for, for really as far back as I can remember, I remember having a relationship with the Lord. But one of my one of my greatest joys just over the years is just sitting back and seeing what's going on in the spirit and just talking with the Holy Spirit about what's going on, you know, and and it's it's just been a, a wonderful experience of just unpacking who He is. You know, I I remember just one day I was I was sitting in the front row of our church and I saw this protection angel near the the front door of the church, and I had seen protection angels in most of the churches I'd ever been to, in in people in Christian families' houses and situations like that, and I just kind of had this thought go through my mind of, you know, is it this angel standing here, it's wearing this kind of silver-plated armor. It's you know standing very serious, very very you know stalwart sort of sort of looking. Is it is it really a matter of if a demon comes in this room that this angel's gonna fight that demon? And if if that angel can outmaneuver this demon, that's what, whether the battle is won or not. And that didn't really necessarily make sense to me. And so I was thinking, you know, Lord, why is this protection angel here? In fact, furthermore, why, you know, you're, you're God. Do we, do we really need to have a protection angel here? I'm, I'm obviously grateful, but, but, you know, God is all powerful. It's, it doesn't seem like it's needed. And so as I had that thought, I just had this sort, short series of pictures just come into my mind of, um, of an ambassador going from one kingdom to another and an honor guard walking with that ambassador. And then this just little picture that, that popped into my head you know, the, the place that the ambassador was going, the, the, the foreign army was much larger than that honor guard. But it wasn't really just about the practical protection that that honor guard uh, gave. It was, it was about the statement that it made. It was a symbol that this, this person goes with my power. This person yeah. goes with my authority. And all of a sudden, that, that just changed the way I was looking at this. It's not that uh, the presence of an angel, a protection angel, is not just about protection, but it's actually a statement that the Lord is making about the way he values his people and what they're doing. Amen. So, we're going to talk more about that when we come back, all right? You stick around because after this break, we're going to talk more with Blake Healy about his book called The Veil and about the presence of God and how that presence is for you. It's not just for Old Testament back in the day, but it's for here and now. We'll be right back after this break with more of Babby's House.
Welcome back to the show. I've been talking today with Blake Healy, and he is the author of The Veil. And we, when we uh, were just before the break, we were talking about how God has given you this gift to be able to see in the spirit, how he's allowed you to see angels, protection angels, glorious angels, angels in worship, how, he's been, how you've been able to see even uh, evil, evil and dark forces. And, you know, God has given me the gift of music. It would be one thing for me to sing in my car, mm -hmm. but I get tremendous joy out of being able, being able to stand on a platform, hold a microphone in my hand, write songs, and share those songs with the world. So I believe God has not only, not only given you this gift for you, but he's given you, obviously, this gift to share with the body. Yeah. So what, what message would you deliver to the body of Christ, to those who are watching today, uh, that the Lord would have you to relay because of the gift that he's given you, because of what he's shown you? Yeah. What would you tell us? You know, there's really two core messages that I've that I've pulled out of these experiences, and that really feels like the heart of what I've, I feel like the Lord's supposed to, or what He's asked, asked me to to share with with the world is, and and the the first one is is that He He is so with us, He is so partnering with us that that you know uh, you even actually spoke about this in the in the song that you were singing at the beginning that. You know, I've never once seen a Christian pray and nothing happen. Wow. Every single time something happens, something is released, something is sent, something comes. And it's, it's just 100% of the time. Now, it, it doesn't always come the exact way that we expect. You know, I, I've been in a room where people were, you know, standing up and had a prayer request of financial provision. And, and some of those people afterwards, you know, you'd hear a testimony about a, a you know, windfall coming in or a, or a new job or a check in the mail or something like that. And sometimes I would see those, those things appear in the room either as just like a, a picture of treasure coming in or, or something like that. Now, sometimes what I see come in the room is an, a business idea. Sometimes what I see come in the room is the, um, the courage to actually look at our finances and, and make some choices about how we manage our finances. And that there's just all these different ways that the Lord has provided a response to those prayers. And so much of being able to access that is, rec is developing a relationship with Him so that He can guide us into that. And to me, that really leads into the second thing that I think is really the, the core of what I'd want to invite people into is that God doesn't want you to walk in mystery. He wants you to walk in an ever-growing, intimate, knowing relationship with Him, that He wants to be known by you, and He wants you to understand what He's doing. And I'm, you know, I'm always so excited to have opportunities to share with individuals you know, what, what I see God doing in their life. But, but more than that, I want people to walk away knowing that God is always going to be unpacking and, and revealing more and more of who He is and what He's doing in their lives yes. right now. Yes. You've even, you've even been able to see the presence of evil forces. Yeah. Um, but you've not been afraid. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, there, there was a period, and this, this is uh, outlined in detail in my book, um, from, from 9 to 12 years old where I experienced a lot of fear. Uh, I, would, I would see demonic things come into my room every night, and they would just really, really, I'd just feel overwhelmed. I'd feel terrified. And, um, and that went on for three years. And when I, when I was 12 and learned that what I was experiencing was the result of a gift, as soon as I re realized that, okay, this is a gift. This isn't just the enemy decided to ruin my life. This is just a gift that I haven't learned how to manage yet. Mm. All of the nighttime fear completely stopped over the course of one week. And, and ever since then, I, I realized what the difference was. 
beforehand, I was I didn't know what my identity was. I didn't realize that this wasn't just an attack, that this was me learning how to operate out of my identity in Christ. And so I was seeing that demonic stuff from a stance of fear. But when I see demonic stuff, when I'm connected with the Father, when I'm when I when the Holy Spirit's revealing something to me, I'm actually seeing his perspective on those things. And from his perspective, none of that stuff is scary at all. Hallelujah. So what then would you say to that person who is consumed by fear, maybe even um, in having encountered, you know, some evil forces, maybe even battling with addiction, uh, battling with the presence of darkness through, uh, you know, fear and anxiety and depression and all those things that the enemy, you know, heaps upon us and is known for. What would you say is the first recourse of action to defend themselves against the evil one and to fight back evil forces? You know, the, the, the first one, and this one was one that I, I didn't even know that I needed, was, was find some safe mothers and fathers in the spirit to talk to about mm. it. It's so, so important. I, I realized when I was having those, those frightening experiences at night that something, something was wrong. And I was scared to tell my parents the, the full breadth of what I was experiencing just because I, I didn't know what was going on. It, it was scary. And me going to church and hearing about different spiritual gifts and realizing, oh, this is a gift, gave me the courage for the first time to share with my parents and with the leaders of the church there what was going on. And that was a huge part of what broke that fear is, is not it broke that feeling of isolation because that's one of the number one things that the demonic tries to do is make us feel isolated. Alone. I, oh, yeah. Like we're the only one. Totally. And, and the shocking thing is, is, you know, I thought I was the only one who was experiencing that. I've you know, been sharing about this publicly for about 10 years now. And I, oh, man, there's been hundreds and hundreds of people that have come up to me, that have emailed me, pastors that have mailed me, that have talked and counseled with numerous people who had that same experience when they were young of, of experiencing this demonic oppression and just not talking about it because they were afraid and they thought they were the only one. And so that's a huge, huge part of it. The other part to me too is I think it's so much more productive and I've seen this time and time again. The enemy will try to tempt us into a shadow boxing match where we're we're swinging this at him, we're swinging that at him, where we're uh, almost trying to get us just to, just to fight for the sake of fighting. And I found that it's so much more productive that when I feel that feeling of attack, when I feel overwhelmed, when I'm trapped in fear, my first priority is, what is Jesus saying? Amen. What is the Lord saying? I, I don't want to try to even solve this problem until I hear what the Lord is saying. Well, you know what, Blake? That's a one great place to end because we're out of time. I wish we had more time, but you'll come back. Oh, gladly. And congratulations on your book called The Veil. And thanks for being here with us. Give us your website so we know where to f f find you. Oh, so it's uh, BlakeKHealy.com. Very good. Well, my friend, thank you so very much for watching Babby's House today. And I hope and pray that you've been encouraged and that you know how to pray because prayer is our first recourse of action. Pray in the name of Jesus. And remember, you are not alone. Jesus says, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. Well, thank you so very much for watching the show. And may the Lord bless you and uh, keep you until we meet again. All right. God bless you until next time. Bye-bye for now.